Hey everyone, and welcome to the final episode for season four of We Need to Talk. After today, I will be taking two weeks off and we'll return on May 17th with more conversations and an incredible guest list. So make sure you're following We Need to Talk, the podcast on all social media to keep up with our posts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss season five premiere. But for my last episode today, I'm very excited to welcome my final guest of the season. He wears many hats as a writer, director, and military veteran. And most recently, he's the head writer for the Japanese anime Netflix series, Yasuke, that is out on Netflix, starring Lakeith Stanfield, Nick Jones Jr. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you have a very interesting career trajectory, you know, starting off in the military and then transitioning into Hollywood. I feel like you don't hear that <laughs> very often, uh, but, and you, you know, you've been in writer's rooms and you've, you've worked with a lot of notable networks and you've had a lot of projects that you've been recognized for. Um, and you chose a field that is still really lacking in terms of representation. And yeah. I, I just kind of want to know what was your path, you know, in order to get through that door and get seen, you know, leaving the military and going into writing, you know, because in sadly, sadly in 2021, there are still a lot of barriers for specifically black people that they have to break through. So what was your, your path in order to get into these writer rooms and get your work seen? You know, the, the crazy, it's, it's a crazy story. Um, so, um, it was actually uh, President Obama. He, he was the person that kind of changed my trajectory uh, when I was in the military and, and gave me that confidence to say, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I'll go ahead and try it. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, after having like a chance encounter with him and, and spent uh, Christmas with him back in 2008. That's uh, the dream to spend <laughs> time with Obama. <laughs> it was it was it was amazing. It was life changing. Like literally, like I'd still be in the Marine Corps if if, if we hadn't met. Wow. And and him telling me, you know, nah, like what what do you want to do and and stuff. And and at the time, I wanted to be an actor. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I want to I want to be in the industry. I want to act. And and you know, I just I think it's impossible though. And uh, he was just like, that's when he looked at me and was like, uh, you know, I'm a black man about to be president. Like nothing's impossible. And wow. that's when you know him and Michelle just kind of you know gave me the talk. <laughs> like I, I love like, it. Like I was their adoptive son, and um, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, I learned a lot of stuff uh, from him, and 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 really, uh, it just lit a fire under. Can I can I say you can? Yes. Yeah, yeah it just lit a fire into my ass. I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> you're good, you're good. Yeah, and um, and so yeah, and and you know, we talked about the GI Bill and stuff, which I uh, you know ended up using later, and uh, going to film school and um, kind of got my start uh just kind of you know head to the ground just trying to figure out like the groundwork and and things of that nature and then uh and so becoming a military advisor was kind of like a, a a nice transition and so and this was after acting so you know i, I did some acting before that mm -hmm. uh got my sad card all that good stuff yeah. went, went to film school um for directing and uh became a military advisor so i, I did this movie called man down uh, with Shia LaBeouf and Gary Oldman, and so I did a lot of rewrites on that on that film as well, and and, and helping make sure like all of the military stuff was accurate. Mm -hmm. And so then that led to me doing this uh, WGA workshop that they do for veterans uh, here in LA. So I did that, and I met uh, the screenwriter uh, Ashley Miller, who wrote X Men First Class and Thor. Uh, he's a huge. He was, he was a huge like military uh, supporter and stuff. And I just kind of caught him in the in the hall one day. I was like, "Hey, you know, you need an assistant." <laughs> he was just like, "You know what? Perfect timing." Oh my gosh! Look at that. <laughs> yeah. 
So then he just, he took me under his wing and, and I, I learned like all of like the stuff that you don't learn in film school. Uh, I, I learned all that stuff from, from Ashley and, and, uh, and he, you know, showed me the ropes when it came to screenwriting on mm-hmm. a professional level and, and what the studios and what the networks are really looking for. And, and then when he, once he thought I was ready, he took my scripts and, and sent it off to his, uh, to his representation, his manager. And she was just like, yeah, like, this is dope. I'm, I'm going to sign them. And then after that, I kind of jumped from the nest and, and, uh, you know, was able to kind of, you know, forge my own career. That's incredible. I love that it all started with Obama, though. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm not in politics, but I, I do consider myself, uh, you know, uh, from the uh, Barack Obama tree. Right, right. I love that. So let's talk about the lack of representation within the writer's room. But what do you think that we need to do in order to get more people of color in those writer's rooms so that our stories are told from an authentic way? Because I think the issue that I've always had with how our stories, and I'm specifically speaking from a Black experience, the how our stories are presented is that there aren't enough people that have actually had those lived experiences writing those stories. So I guess this is kind of a two-part question, but one, you know, how do we get more people of color in the writer's rooms? But also, what would you say, you know, for people of color, but specifically Black people, what would you say to help them try to get into those writer rooms so that we can tell our stories more authentically? It's kind of twofold. So I think the the reason why I feel like, you know, the rooms are like they are and it's, mm-hmm. and it's tough to get in. We don't have enough uh, people of color in, in positions at the studios to say, hey, look, we're going to green light this show, green light that show. Yeah. And, and green light the, not just like black stories, because there's some black stories that get greenlit that aren't, that, that aren't created by, by black people right. or people of color. And so I think it kind of starts with with that, like you know, we need more we need more execs in those positions to to, to greenlight our stories, which in turn would create more you know diverse stories, which in turn will create more diverse rooms because then you'd have you know someone diverse at you know either you know creator or showrunner that's going to say, hey, look, yeah, like I, I want to pick writers that have a similar experience or at least know this world and things of that nature. Um, so that's like one side of it. Um, the other side too, is just, you know, for me, it's, it's not letting, whether it's the, the industry or your, or your, uh, your representation kind of pigeonhole you mm-hmm. into like just one spectrum, you know, growing up, like I, and, and, and I, I think black people everywhere, it's just like, we, we lived and we grew up in a white society for the most part. So it's just like, we had to learn how to like, you know, code switch, code switch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the flip side, you know, white people don't have to know what it's like to be like us right. or, or or to like, you know, walk in our shoes and, and be in our way and things of that nature. But we've constantly had to do that. And so we have we have a very diverse like skill set of being able to like, you know, tell stories from different angles and stuff. And I think a lot of times, you know, it's it's framed it, well, actually all of the time, it's framed the opposite way where it's just like, oh well, you're black, so you can only tell a black story. You know, and and so then they just try and pigeonhole you to like, yeah. oh well, you know, we want you to be on this show because it's about black people or this or that. But yet, you know, you know, the white this, this white guy can can make a show about like, you know, a bunch of black kids in you know or or you know, or, or like the wire, for instance, that was made by a white guy, you know, yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. That that are heavily influenced by black culture. Um, 
you know, the, uh, so, so I think for, you know, for, for me, I would say for, for a lot of uh, black writers and, and just writers of color, you know, be, uh, don't, don't allow, don't allow people to, to pigeonhole you into what stories that you, that you can tell, um, and, and write everything, you know, whether yeah. it's adventure, sci-fi, and, and we are getting those more, more of those opportunities now mm-hmm. where you know, we, we have shows like, you know, Lovecraft Country and, and them, you know, and, and, and we're making movies like Get Out and things of that nature. But Get Out was so, was so groundbreaking because we weren't getting opportunities to really tell those stories. I mean, like maybe once every 20, 30 years where it's like Candyman, get out. I <laughs> 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 was like, and, um, and, and I, I don't know who wrote Candyman, but I mean, I don't know if it was a black guy. I don't know. I don't know. So, right. I don't want to stick a, you know, a foot in my, in my throat on that one, but. <laughs> you know, yeah. but you did, you brought up something that I've had this conversation often just in terms of like black people having the skill set of being able to turn on and turn off, you know, and you're right. White people don't have to do that. Like we as black creatives have to know white people in our life. We have to, you know, in order to get in the door or just in terms of creating content, like we have to know what the quote unquote white experience is because that's been the default for so long. White writers and white creatives, they don't have to know the black no. experience whatsoever. And I almost feel like there's this, people are adverse to it because they don't think that black people have a normal experience. You know, there are black people that have mundane experiences where they just don't do anything throughout the day, but we actually never even see those stories. I feel like when it terms comes to black stories, we either see trauma, we see, um, you know, those remember the Titans type stories, or we see, you know, the dangerous minds type stories where they're like the black students, you know what I mean? But we don't see, for example, like nomad land. Could you imagine if that was like a black female? But I'm sure there are black females that are going through those same scenarios, but we would never see that because they just don't attribute those to us in our stories. Solve problems, uh, you know. We, yeah, we don't, we don't <laughs> that's a, a great way to put it. The solve problems, um, which brings you shameless plug, kind of, sort of. But um, a friend of mine, uh, they, she's got a show coming out uh, called Run the World, mm. um, and it's it's that it's 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 solve problems. It's it's basically sex in the city, but with with black women. Love it. You see them, you know, living, you know, and and just doing their thing, and it's not it's not that that struggle stuff you know the struggle stories that that's always kind of you know placed at our at our doorstep and you know my uh you know my significant other is is in that as well i Uh, love it great i can't wait to watch that when does that when does that come out um may 16th very cool very cool well now i don't want to get you in trouble but is there anyone that you've worked with in terms of studios that you feel like is really getting it right in terms of diversity inclusion and being very forward thinking and making progress that we've been, you know, so longing for? Oh, well, Netflix. I mean, that, and that's where my show's at right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you think that they're getting it right? Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, out, outside of, you know, the initiative that they've, you know, put out there very straightforward strong with like strong black lead, which is one of their initiatives and making sure that, you know, they're highlighting their, their black creatives and, and, and black, black leads. You know, I, I think the, the, the space, the fact that they've kind of, you know, they, I mean, they're shaping the, the industry. I mean, they've shaped the industry and yeah. everyone is jumping into the streaming wars game. Like 
it was just Netflix and now everybody has a streaming service. Right. Um, and I think with Netflix, because they've, they were the first to plant their flag on the moon with this, you know, they've, they've allowed themselves this just endless, uh, canvas of like, Hey, you know, we're just going to drop stuff and, you know, and we've got a big enough subscription base and and, and it allows for them to make uh, decisions based off the creative and not necessarily the box office because, you know, th- there isn't necessarily a bomb because they have so many subscribers. So it's mm-hmm. just like, people are going to watch it, people aren't going to watch it, but hey, it's still there. Right, right. Okay, so it allows for more flexibility. Um, They're willing to take the risk. And I well, like that. I do appreciate that. That's yeah, great. So- Definitely. So I, and even speaking of Netflix, I mean, they even dominated the Oscars in terms of nominations, which is wild that like, you know, streaming sites are getting so much recognition at those awards now. Did you watch the Oscars? I did. I did. So I, I want to ask your opinion because, you know, as much as I love all of the content that was created by people of color, we did see a lot of recognition for black people and a lot of recognition for the Asian community. And as I was watching, I was having these feelings of feeling like they were trying to atone for something. And then I got angry with myself because I didn't want to be feeling that way, you know? And so do you think that we're ever going to get past that point where we're not skeptical when we actually are (laughs) recognized for our work? Because I don't want to be skeptical. I want to think that it's authentic, that they're recognizing these people of color that have put in the work that they had great content, but it also just felt very fishy to me. (laughs) You know, I mean, I I didn't, I didn't get that feeling, you know, uh, because I mean, when I look at people like, uh, like Daniel, Daniel and it's just like, yo, he's amazing. Yeah. And he killed that performance. Absolutely. He had to win. Absolutely. Um, So when when I see those things, it's like, oh yeah, you know, he's he was recognized and he got and he got the you know the win. Um, you know, obviously I I was upset about the 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 Chadwick. uh, Yeah, and because they kind of duped us, I felt gaslit at the end. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. I mean, Chadwick. (laughs) There, there were so many layers to that performance, especially once we found out what was going on. And then you go back to that speech where he's like, you know, cursing at God. Mm, and, mm. And it was, yeah, it just made it all too real. Yeah. Yeah. Like to know what, I mean, damn, man, he, he should have won. And he it's should not, have. It's not like a, a lifetime achievement type thing or anything like that. Like he, his performance and to be able to perform like that in those conditions, which was, which if you go back, which was some of the same things they said about when uh, when Leonardo DiCaprio won for uh, for the Revenant, and they were mm-hmm. talking, about, he had to go through so much and blah blah blah. And he's out there in the wilderness and he's cold and this and that. Well, Chad was on his deathbed, literally. This film he was battling and giving you that answer. Amazing- yes. So I mean, if you're gonna award Leonardo DiCaprio or being in the cold, then, bruh. (laughs) But honestly, I felt like in in life or death, like he deserved to win. Like, and I I actually take the time to see all the films. I'm a member of SAG as well. I get all my screeners. I watch them. There was not a better performance, in my opinion, than Chadwick's. You know, he killed it. He killed it. Yeah, yeah. But do you understand people's skepticism? (laughs) I I do. I I do. Um, (laughs) You know, but it's just like, I I gotta... because you know we're in it so it's just like i, I kind of have to just hope for the best yeah 
No, for sure. I get that. Well, let's talk a little bit about your new Netflix series, Yasuke. Um, you know, I admittedly, I have never been into anime and it's, it's just not something that I've been drawn to, but I know it's becoming more popular in many different communities. So this seems like this character and these stories is really a step forward for anime as a whole. So tell, tell me a little bit about the story and how it came to be and how you got involved with the project. Yeah, well, I mean, so Yasuke is an, an actual historical figure um, that uh, who lived uh, during uh, feudal Japan back in uh, you know, the 1500s or 16th century. Um, and yeah, so it, I, I remember kind of coming across it back in the day um, when I was in the military and stuff, and I spent some time in Japan and 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 just kind of hearing about the myth. And so uh, working on this project, I was able to really kind of you know dive into the legend of it. Um, but you know, he's a real black guy, uh, and, and some of the historical facts, it, it's, it's a little murky because no one knows everything, but the mm -hmm. facts that we do know is that he came, uh, as a servant to, uh, these Jesuit priests, uh, who, uh, you know, who brought him to Japan and which, which is where he caught the eye of, uh, one of the feudal warlords at the time, Oda Nobunaga, who was trying to unify Japan. And he was so impressed by him that, you know, he, you know, brought him in under his wing, uh, you know, taught him the culture, uh, made him a general in his army and, uh, made him a samurai. And they, and they fought alongside each other, uh, up until Nobunaga's death. And, and so fascinating story, uh, one of which, I mean, it's, it's just one of which I wish, was more prevalent when I was a, a, a kid growing up yeah, because I bet. this is one of those, like every, every, you know, we should, we should be, we should know about Yasuke. Like, you know, we, we were taught about, you know, Christopher Columbus, you know, who, or, or whoever it's just like, yo, this dude like went to another, was, was taken to another land and, and, and became, a, and was a hero and, and, you know, in, in many senses and, and, and was a great warrior. So, yeah, I mean, to, to be able to kind of uh, tell that story or at least, you know, get a, a bit of the historical facts out in the midst of like this fantastical story was great. Um, uh, I kind of came part of the project. I, I, I got a random uh, email from Netflix one one Sunday and they were just like, hey, you know, we uh, we got your name uh, from uh, from uh, from AC, uh, AC Bradley, who's the showrunner for uh, What If, which is another uh, show that's getting ready to come out for Marvel. And, and they were, you know, they needed a writer for this show. And so she was like, yo, like if Nick's the guy. And so they were just like, yeah, do you want to do it? And I was like, it's that you're just asking me. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah, you know, they're like, we got, you know, uh, LaShawn, LaShawn Thomas is directing, uh, Lakeith Stanfield starring in it. Uh, Flying Lotus is doing the music. We, we need a writer. What's up? And I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, why would I say no to this? And, um, so yeah, so, you know, when I came on, they, they, they had like a rough idea of what, you know, they wanted to do and, and kind of have like this, uh, this, uh, this protector story with, uh, like this grizzled, you know, you know, 20 years later, Yasuke protecting this young child who has abilities and stuff. And, and I was like, all right, you know, that's, that's, that's cool. And, and, and for me, you know, I just wanted to, you know, one of the first things I said was, Hey, if, if we're going to, you know, tell this story, like we let's, let's, you know, I want people to be able to learn something. Let, let's actually show where he came from and, 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 and tell a bit of the legend. You know, we, we, we got to know where, you know, where he came from to know where he's going for the most part. And, and so we, I was able to kind of infuse that into the story and, and, and really, uh, you know, dive into a bit of the historical facts that we do know um, and, and kind of merging, you know, history with fantasy and, 
and uh and just you know make it uh you know, at least flesh them out at least flesh out yasuke as much as possible and and have people you know know more about uh you know the the historical facts and the legend that that yeah. that makes him who he is and, and what makes him so dope um and i thought that was that was cool and and uh and, and really uh and, and then finding the entry point for that too like f- for me it was you know they, they have this uh ritual suicide which nobunaga did where they they uh they gut themselves um and, and and part of that ritual suicide is once you gut yourself um you have somebody chop your head off and oh my goodness <laughs> it's pretty gruesome um and so uh being in the military and and, and having uh having known a few people and, and, and friends that have committed suicide and, and knowing how i felt personally and it was somebody that was close to me and, and really thinking about okay well how would yasuke feel you know going through that and not only witnessing the suicide but but contributing with it as well you know as part of like the ceremony like he'd be devastated and so that was like the emotional center for me for the story and then just kind of building out that um you know showing the events that led to that uh led to that moment and then the, the trauma that that follows that moment and, and and seeing how someone with you know survivors survivors remorse or yeah. be guilty of that um kind of rebounds and is able to to you know find purpose again um moving forward yeah how much of an intersection is there with the japanese culture and then black culture because i know it is a historical figure but how much are you trying to weave both of those into this story uh i mean i I think you i think you can't tell it without the the black culture because he's black right 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 (laughs) But I think inherently, uh, you know, it's it's through that lens, um, especially with him being the main character. So we're kind of looking at it through a black lens. And so one of the things I, I didn't want to do was shy away from what it's like being the only black man in in a, in a, in a space. Yes. Um, Which I'm sure many of us have been <laughs> have experienced that and yeah. feel that. Yeah. <laughs> know that feeling and and there's the subtle racism there's the 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 overt racism and prejudice that that kind of goes with that and and uh it's like that line from a scandal uh with uh with with papa pope where he's just like you gotta what he said you gotta do uh twice as much to get half of what they got (laughs) i I was i was used to oh me too trust me i watched it more than once actually (laughs) like what is it you can't uh he said, you can't, you can't take command, gotta yeah. be command. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's that, you know, and, and so I didn't want to shy away from, from, from those moments where, you know, no matter what he does to kind of prove himself, uh, he's just not accepted fully um, by the culture. And, and back then, especially uh, in feudal Japan, like they were very, um, very staunch about the, the old way and, and, mm. and very stuck in tradition and um you know pride prideful people and so it's just like you know you what's that like for a black man you know in the 16th century um and he's the only person there uh you know trying to serve and do his thing um part of part of what made that relationship between him and oda nobunaga so cool was that you know nobunaga was was a futurist in a lot of ways and very progressive so you know he was the first person that was that was really like bringing in um villagers and and stuff to 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 noble status and making them samurai and stuff he was just like yo if you can fight if you can do the job you get you know you can do 
got the position. Right. And right. Uh, he was just like, yo, like anybody can get it type situation. So, you know, foreigners, women, you know, he was introducing like women samurai and, and, and obviously with Yasuke, foreigner uh, samurai and stuff. So um, that was definitely something we, uh, we, we, we wanted to kind of show and, and make sure that, you know, it adds to just, you know, some of the, you know, it adds to the trauma to, to like, you know, who he is and, and, and what he, and what he went through. It adds to just more baggage, you know, on right, the back. Right. Are there any like modern themes that you tried to weave, even though it is kind of a historical uh, series? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd say that one, uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, being a black man and, and, you know, in, in another space or right, being the right. only black man in it and stuff. And, um, and, and definitely we deal with, uh, you know, PTSD and mm. which was something I wanted to touch on being a, being a military veteran. For sure. Um, and, you know, and, uh, trying to think, I mean, it's, we layered a lot of stuff in there, but I'd say those were kind of like the two main ones. It's just, you know, learning how to, or at least adapting, uh, adapting to, you know, uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, a hostile situation <clears throat> or, or a hostile environment uh, with individuals that aren't necessarily rooting for you and, and still being able to kind of overcome that, those obstacles and, and, and also, you know, dealing with trauma and, yeah. and, you know, recouping from it and, and learning to, you know, find purpose again and, and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and just be, uh, be, be a protector and be great, yeah. How do you hope it will be received by the, you know, the hardcore anime community? <laughs> I mean, it's, once, once again, I mean, the anime space is a space that is not uh, necessarily uh, diverse. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So... So this is a risk. I mean, it's a it's yeah. a huge risk, but I I hope and pray for you guys that it's a it's a big reward. But so, what yeah. are you hoping from the anime community? The response will be. Yeah, you know, I, I hope I hope people are entertained. You yeah, know, at, you know, at the very least, and, and and that you know we we feel very confident in that. I feel people uh, will be entertained with with the story, with the characters, um, with the spectacle, and and, and just the, the definitely the music. Like Flying Lotus killed it. Oh, awesome! I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, I mean, two of the tracks are out now: uh, "Black Gold," which is our uh, which is our opening theme song, Sweet. and and uh, "Between Memories," uh, which is the the uh, the credits uh, the credit song, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just you know I, I'm hoping you know people learn something. Um, you know, kind of in the sense of I, I remember when when Watchmen came out the TV show. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just going off on on Twitter. So it's like, oh, I didn't know about the Tulsa massacre. And I was like, oh, child, I was like, what? How did you not know? <laughs> you know. So, but it's like I, I I get it, you know, because it's like you said before, you know, they you know, white people didn't really have, they didn't have to know. They didn't have to know. That's our history. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's on us. And so in, in the same you know, like with this, like, I hope a lot of people, you know, and, and I've seen a couple of things, uh, online and stuff with people like, Oh wait, I heard this is, I heard this is like based off a real guy. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, like, you know, black people, you know, Asian people, like whoever, like mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people just didn't know Yasuke existed. Um, yeah. so, uh, you know, I hope people, you know, really get an opportunity to, to learn a bit of that and, and do their, do their own research if they're inspired to do so. And, 
and yeah, and just be entertained by the show and, and, uh, and hopefully we, uh, we stick the landing. Was there a specific episode that you're like, this is my favorite episode and I can't wait for people to, to see it. Yeah. I know there, there's six episodes that are coming out, right? Okay. So yeah. Do you have a favorite one that you wrote? Uh, episode two. Um, Without giving it away, can you tell me kind of why it's your favorite? Because we, I, I dive into a lot of what I talked about as far as like being a, a black man in, in, in a space, being the only black man in the space. Yeah, yeah. So it, it really touches on the, the, the racism and the prejudice that kind of went in that in, in, the, in that social circle, that, that social hierarchy that, that Yasuke was, was kind of brought into and was a part mm-hmm. of uh you know nobunaga's you know right hand guy yeah um so yeah uh, for me like definitely that one because it because at that point you know i felt like in those a lot of those scenes and a lot of those moments like it's more than just an anime show like it's right it's a it's a it's a period drama with with these amazing performances by lakeith and uh and ming na wen who i'm a huge huge fan of since you know way you know way back like i've yeah. been loving her since street fighter um and um and having them kind of like go back and forth uh, talking about you know philosophies and ideals mm-hmm. um it was it was really great to kind of like dive into that to that headspace and 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 kind of you know have these these budding these budding um um ideals of of uh of what's right and and, and what's honorable mm-hmm. uh, between those two characters which it's almost like having it's almost like seeing a conversation play out between being a democrat and a republican and why and it's like why you believe in these yeah. these you know and stuff and, and and vice versa so it's 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 definitely like a great uh just, just a great think piece I, I think episode two is a great think piece like outside I, of like the spectacle that's happening yeah well i'm so excited to see it and i'm glad that you were able to come on the show and share a little bit about yourself and your new series let everybody know where they can follow you and keep up with your great work yeah, um, NJ Future on uh, on Twitter and, and Instagram. Um, I'm usually out there just, you know, tweeting away if I can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and watch Yasuke on Netflix. Yes, make sure you guys all stream that and follow Nick. And we will be back in two weeks with more guests and more conversations and things that we need to talk about. Talk to you guys real soon. Bye. <laughs>